Welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, a show here on WEHC where we sit down with some cool people and talk about their cool projects. And we have got two very cool people with us today, Kyle Clark and Rain Henry, class of 2009, and Eris Winger. Do y'all remember Eris Winger? Everybody remembers Eris Winger. Come on, he used to teach here at Emory and Henry. How you guys doing? Good. Thank you for having us in the show. Yeah, good. great to be here. This is exciting because you guys are doing a lyceum tonight, I do believe it We're is. We're doing two lyceums back-to-back tonight and tomorrow. We could basically knock out a lot of our graduation requirements just by hanging out with you two. We've what been you're telling saying. people, like we've been going to classes and saying, look, two lyceums with us and back-to-back. Perfect. What else, what else do you want? That's Nothing. exactly right. Nothing. That's right. All right. But why? Why are y'all back doing a lyceum? Because here's the thing. Because Dr. Clark and Dr. Winger, we want to find out what you've been working on together. What is this cool book that you guys have written together? Oh, that's a great question. Why are we back here? So we're back here for two reasons. One reason is the book, and then that's what the Lyceum Tonight is about. And then the other reason is that we absolutely love this place. <laughs> well, that's right. the answer we'd yeah. like to hear. That's right. No, that this place was so impactful for both of us. We both had, and we write about this in the um for uh, the afterward to the book about how this book came to be and what we came to learn about ourselves in writing the book. But, um, you know, we both started here in lots of different ways. Kyle started as an undergraduate, but I started as a professional. This right. is my first professional job after graduate school. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Where'd and you so, go to grad like, school? I went to grad school at Carnegie Mellon University. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, you know, I appreciate that. So, yeah, I mean, um, so then I was learning how to be a professional in mathematics. What did it mean to be a, um, a math professor? And while that was happening, you know, even though it was my second year, here comes in Kyle, uh, who wants to, and I'm his mentor, right? And I, I don't even know what that means at this point, right? <laughs> what did and that so, mean at that point, Kyle? Did you say, Dr. Winger, I need a mentor? No, I, I didn't know what it means either. <laughs> uh, it was part of the setup of being a first-year student. You get assigned. Um, yeah. Oh, nice. So it was random number generator that brought us together. Yes. I love random number generator. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things on the interwebs. Yeah. So in the in the basement floor of Miller Hall, that's where we met. Right. He walked into the office and we talked about grades and what he needed to do and all of that stuff. And that was the beginning. That was the beginning. But now, yeah. now, now you've got a book out together. What is what is this book about? So this book is, is it about, about mentoring. It, no, it's not about mentoring. Hmm. No, Should so be, that's be. right. The last thing tomorrow is about mentoring, and okay. we've been thinking about writing about mentoring. Ah. Yeah, yeah. So, but um, the book is about um, really looking at um, data and data visual- visualization. So, data is the new alphabet of the 21st century. You're not kidding. I just came out of a sales meeting about data. Yeah. Yeah. Data all over the place, right? Oh yeah. Do they I- have charts? They did not have charts. Ah. They did not have So they have just charts. had the letters and not they the language. They had a lot language. of promises. They yeah. had a lot of promises. Ah, so we're making the claim that, um, that data is the alphabet and that the charts and the ways in which we present data is really the language. Right, and so we're so we're realizing that major institutions and everyone who wants to make an argument about the world is using data visualized in order to make an argument, and yet somehow, even in this wonderful place, we really are not thinking about how is it that we can look at these charts and say, well, wait, that's a little bit funny. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting because um, I remember 
for the first time hearing people talk about numbers and literacy and the fact that you would get a weird number and think, that's not right, you know. And so if you, if you can't do that, then you've got trouble. It hadn't occurred to me that you could look at a graph that looks really cool, but you would, how do you know that's, that doesn't seem right? That seems off. Yes. Yeah. So absolutely. how do you know? Ah, so we have a framework for that. So there are six questions. The title of the book is... Uh, now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, um, we'd like to pause for a station identification right. while the author of the book looks up to see what the name of his book is because he's not completely When sure. a thousand words fail. <laughs> and it's about six questions you ask when you're looking at a chart, right? So okay. there's six questions you need to ask. Um, and the first is about the visual, and it's... What am I looking at? Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one is um, what's the context in which this is showing up? So it's okay. the axes and how they're named. So that's the those are the ways in which you name what you're comparing. Right. Right. And then to the point you just mentioned, it's about, well, wait, how do I know that the numbers they're using make mm-hmm. sense? And mm-hmm. so we call those units. Okay. And so units will tell you whether you're in miles per hour, feet per second. Mm-hmm. They all matter. And then every chart comes with some words. Right. At least they should. Yeah. Right. And so we call that the explanation. And then every chart comes from somewhere. Your source. The source. Exactly. So those letters all together make values. Oh, get out of town. It even makes a thing. It does. (laughs) (laughs) It does make a thing. Did you start All by accident. All by accident. When when you put me on the spot, I went straight to values. And I was like, oh, I'm going to spoil the ending. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So all charts should have values. That is really cool, though. Yeah. Well, but you know, gosh, everywhere you turn, everybody has got some stuff they want to share with you, don't they? And so really and truly, of those six things that you just rolled out, is there any one that's like more important than another? Oh, my goodness. That's such a great question. So I'll turn it to Dr. Clark in a second. Um, So the subtitle to the book is about six questions you ask to go beyond the visual. Because what you see first impacts you so much. The decisions come. The brain is just like I want. I need to make a decision as quickly as possible. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. evolution, like evolutionarily, like we want to make decisions quick. And so, I would say the visual. I'm interested to see what Kyle will say, but I'm. I would say the visual only because you see something and you want to make a decision, and that's the. That's the thing we're trying to stop people from doing is to look at something and, and make, make a, decision a decision immediately. Yeah. Right. And so I would say the visual. I'm going to go with units. Units. So, why units? Oh. Yeah. So for me, uh, you know, it's all the units are a very important decision when you decide to show and represent something because you have to consider who your audience is mm. because, you know, in today's world, we're often dealing with numbers that are so large we can't understand them and so you know when you pick the unit you need to pick something people can relate to or find a way to get it to where they can understand it so if we're talking money we're all pretty familiar with what ten dollars a hundred dollars a thousand dollars might get you Mm -hmm. but when we start talking about things like the government spending trillions of dollars you remember during the pandemic three trillion dollar spending bill yeah what does that mean? I, you know, how do you relate to trillions? trillions? No, right. that's that's powerful. So you, if you look at a chart to see three trillion and you don't understand any context of what it means, then it renders the chart 
and accessible to you. That's Correct. pretty good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. See, and I thought you were going to say source. Oh, really? Why would you say source? Well, just because depending on who is putting the data together, you know, they oh, want yes. you to they want to sway you yes. to what they believe. Yes. And so I always say this when I'm talking to students about this is kind of dorky, about like if you're looking up inf- information about how cool yes. insects are, insects are. Yeah. Look and make sure that when you look up a bug, it doesn't say orchid as the source because right. they don't think <laughs> bugs are cool. Right. They think they're something to kill. Yeah, that so, is an you know. excellent example. Yeah, but well, you put us on the spot to pick one. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. So. No, you're right. That was yeah. wrong. It was so <laughs> no, it was wrong. But then, yeah, they're, they're all important. That's how we came up with them, right? So, in a lot of ways, we hope and we think that we've made a characterization of what a good chart is. That is to say, that if you have two charts and they all have the same values, then they have to be the same chart. And if you have two charts that are different, then one of those things has to be different about them, right? right? Yeah. Well, and in in terms of charts, um, do you also include like an infographic in that category? Yes. And so uh, we talk about this in the in the introduction in the first chapter about our definition. It is the way we think about a chart is that it is uh, a story about data, mm-hmm. right? And that's about as general as we can be so that when we ask these six questions about the um, about charts, we are hoping that that can be applied to as many things as possible. Yeah. And so the challenge with infographics is that there's a emphasis over fashion, over form, mm-hmm. right? And so uh, what we're going to be talking about with the one of the classes that we're visiting, the graphics design class, is can we get something that looks awesome but still has all of the things it needs to have in order for it to be informative? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I confess that as a – I was an English major, and when you say math, I'm, I, my, I get nervous. And so an infographic to me feels – cuddlier yes you know it's like a little more approachable for somebody like me who doesn't you know gets a little lost in numbers and so i love an infographic because it tells me kind of what i need to to know or share with someone else but i love that you're saying stop that monica you have a whole lot of questions to ask before you get too serious about your yes what's your infographic yes 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 particularly if lots of infographics have numbers and no units right oh interesting yeah and so then so then the number just has to be understood by whatever you're sending, uh, right? Because when you see 12, is it 12 seconds, 12 minutes, 12 mm. dogs, 12 rabbits, 12 candy bars? I really hope it's 12 candy bars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so this is this is interesting. So you taught math at Emory, right? I did. Yeah, I had the honor yeah. of teaching math at and you And I'm going to make you say <laughs> what your majors were at Emory and Henry. Yeah, I was here studying math, physics, and chemistry. So he says studying so humble. So yeah, humble. So that's right. Not that I excelled at all of those things. Right. With a three nine GPA. I pursued I, the GPA. I, yeah, I right. did extremely well, and it was not alone. It was a team effort with the great faculty here. Um, Look at you. No, that, again, that's what we're talking about the, the next tomorrow, really the opportunity that every student has here to take advantage of what this incredible institution has to offer. That every single faculty member is is an incredible resource. And one of the challenges that we have is that we have to find the right balance between respecting our faculty, but also having the deep conversations we need to have with them that can transform our lives, right? right. right? So every faculty member is a 10 minute conversation that can change our lives. 
Yeah, that's actually really good. And, and I'm looking, Colin, looking at you thinking, did you come to Emory and Henry's, that kid who said, I'm going to connect with my faculty member and I'm going to succeed and excel? And were you that kid? No, uh, I showed up really not knowing what what to expect from college, not knowing how the interactions were going to happen. Yeah, basically, no expectations. I didn't even necessarily know what I was aiming for by the end of these four years. Yeah. Um, and the only way I figured that out was through the help of the faculty here. Um, and they showed me that, you know, you can excel at this. And then, by the way, you can go to grad school and keep studying. But this interaction was both traditional in the classroom and outside the classroom, right? And Correct. so how, how did the outside the classroom come to be? Uh, yeah, the outside the classroom is largely because the faculty here always have their doors open. Mm. Um, you know, there's office hours, right? Right. But the door is still always open, and it comes down to just you walk by, and they might see you and say something, or you just duck in and say, hey, do you have a quick minute? And yeah. the answer is nearly always yes. Yeah. And so, and then also, I was just walking around today. You pass faculty constantly on campus, and you start getting those casual interactions, mm. which makes it easier to get that professional interaction. Right. Um, well, what, what happens to the, how do you deal with the, oh, I don't want to bother them, or I'm afraid, and fear, and all of that? How did you handle any of that? Well, that's where the, you know, as you start building those casual conversations, you start to lose that fear, because mm. you know that, you know, when they say, now's not a good time, it's there's no offense behind it, Yeah. right? It's a, no, come back later, or, and sometimes they'll get back to you. Oh, um, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. You know, Just because it was a bad time, they'll yeah. check yeah. out. And it, it really is that, you know, informal interaction that builds the comfort to go and ask when it's not office hours. Uh, the other thing is when the door's closed, that's a good indicator. Right. <laughs> um, and, and like I said, that doesn't happen often. Right. So. Yeah. Well, I'm not, you know, I, I've said many times that Emory and Henry is one of the few places in this world that I know of where nobody wants you to fail. Correct. You know, everybody wants you to succeed. Yes. This is not a weed you out kind of system. This is, a, this is a lift you up kind of system. Absolutely And right. so I want to remind everyone that we're speaking today with Dr. Kyle Clark and Dr. Eris Winger, who are back at Emory and Henry today um, to talk about data and to talk about mentoring. Um, let's go back to the data thing a minute. Yeah, sure. Data has become like the new gold. You know, yes. they, it, 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 everybody is mining for it and yes. pining for it and they want it badly. Yeah. How do you, it's in terms of knowing what to trust and knowing how to see mm, it, mm. how do you look at like all some of so many companies that are coming at you and say, I believe you. I do think you can deliver what you say. I mean, yeah. it's, it, are there a bunch of places that are able to do that now? And we should put able to do what exactly? Able well, to... like to just deliver all this crazy insider data about all your alumni and all your here's where they're working and here's where they are and here's you know what they're doing and here's yeah. where they live and here's what their puppy looks like. Right. I mean, there's a whole lot of information. Yeah, I mean, some are legit, right? But in lots of ways you still need the discerning questions that you need to be asking. So, I mean, it's true that I think that there are legit data companies who are doing it well. Um, and then um, I think 
it's one of these things where you have to just see who else are they working with, who mm-hmm. else trusts them, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's tied to, in a lot of ways, you know, when you just go on Amazon and you see something has 8,000 likes, yeah. right? And you're just like, okay, but that's fine, right? So you just ask, <laughs> who else do you like, and right? And, and if they're making money, then you're probably okay. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Of all the things that you all could have written a book about, mm. why this? I mean, you got you got three doggone majors. And so I'm just thinking, you know, why data? Why is this the thing that really got your attention and said, we can spend some time talking about this? Well, so this really came about during the pandemic. Um, the world stopped, and we ended up with the, both, in different ways, a lot of free time on our hands. And, you know, I live in California, we shut down first and we shut down the longest and we stayed closed hard. Yeah. And during that time had nothing to do. Wow. So how do you entertain yourself? You scroll Twitter, <laughs> uh, you surf the web, you read the news and it, you just got this flood of information trying to tell us what, how COVID was evolving. And a lot of it was really bad and yeah. not well done. Yeah. So we just started trading like look what i found yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Look we were, at this we were, yeah. <laughs> if, if you could yeah. see the length of our google chat history uh yes it yes, is a yes, monster yes. yeah and there was an evolution for me personally like I, you know this was something of to have a big distraction and to connect with my best friend and look at this stuff and then i realized that you know it was having some of these charts were having big serious applications for people mm-hmm. right like like we were using this data to, or this picture to say, can I go outside? Right. right? To make, <laughs> Should to, I stay inside? To, to make life-threatening decisions. Yes, yeah. absolutely mm-hmm. correct. And so then it was like, oh, well, this is actually um, tied to our ability to be reasonable citizens in our country. Interesting. Yeah, right? So that, you know, when we think about who we should be ideally – Right. And again, we don't have this issue when we're reading books or we're reading. Right. But when we read charts, it's OK to not understand them or to just look at them and move on or to accept them immediately. And we don't do this in lots of other ways. Right. And so it's time that we actually do that. Right. right? It's time that we allow this new way of communicating how the world is to be accessible to every person. That's interesting. Yeah. OK, I'm going to ask a question that probably does not have any bearing on anything that y'all are talking about. Okay, go ahead. But does AI impact or influence yes, this world at all? Yes, because soon AI will be making charts too, right? And so, and we have to remember that people influence AI, and so AI is going to have the same biases that people have until we figure out how to weed those biases out. But a computer at some point is going to be making charts, and will it be making charts with values, right? Will it be attending to the units? Right. Will it be asking the questions? Right. Yes. Will it be asking the questions? That's right. That's I feel right. like I hope that AI is reading your book right now. That's right. <laughs> it should. <laughs> I hope so. I need to get you guys to tell me just a minute about what else you're doing in the world besides this awesome book and these awesome lyceums. I'll, you know, Kyle has just brought me some wonderful samples of something he's working on. So I want each of you to tell me a little bit about what else you're doing. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Eris is going, you go. No, you go. Uh, yeah. So uh, right now I work at a startup based in Emeryville, Emeryville California named uh, Mycoworks. Uh, we produce an alternative leather material grown from mushrooms, uh, products called Find Mycelium. Um, oh, funny. And uh, we are in the process of scaling up from a pilot plant, which is in Emeryville, to a mass production facility in South Carolina. 
No kidding. Um, South Carolina. Yep. That's all the way on the other side. That's yes. where I drove up from yesterday. No kidding. Um, where in South Carolina? Or is it a uh, secret? No, it's not a secret. <laughs> uh, the factory will be in Union, Union, South Carolina. Okay. Um, it's too big to be a secret, this factory. No. Is uh, it big? The, uh, it is big. It's over 100,000 square feet of production space. Making leather out of mushrooms. Yep. And why is it important to make leather out of mushrooms? Well, you know, it's it's a step towards a more sustainable future. Um, you know, there's a, a pretty significant environmental impact from the from growing cows for from traditional leather. Um, mushroom leather, or fine mycelium, is a much lower impact on the environment, and uh, you know, our particular product uh, has no plastic in it either. Wow, you're singing my song. That's fantastic. And plus, if you get caught in a, in, a, in a traffic jam, you can chew on your arm a little bit. <laughs> Wearing one of those. My mushroom jacket. I love it. Yeah, All so right. keep an eye out for us. Uh, we are we are going to start – we are in the process of starting that factory right now. Amazing. So. F-I-N-D mycelium? F-I-N-E. F-I-N-E, fine mycelium. Fine mycelium. Okay. I, I, I'm excited about that, and I wanted to talk more about that. But – Eris, yes. tell me what else you're doing. Well, I'm, I'm teaching at Georgia Gwinnett College. So after I left here, I went there, and I've been there ever since, 13 nice. years. Yeah, nice. yeah. And I've got my wife and my daughter. End of story. What? Right, so then like those two things are and, and totally alive. And deliriously wonderful people. Oh, my God, the, the lights of my life, for sure. How right now, daughter? my daughter is, I, I do it in terms of height, so I use a different unit. Mm-hmm. So she's up to my shoulders. Uh. Right, yeah. But she also happens to be 12 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, there he goes with units. Again. That's right. <laughs> They're everything. That's right. I mean, we were going to originally write a whole book just about units, like the folder where we have all of the files for the book is yeah. still titled units. That's funny. Yeah, the whole thing because of exactly what you said earlier that you look at a number and we want to know what it means. Yeah. And there's so many numbers that live in our society that we just say twelve. <laughs> and that's it. Like we don't say tw- yeah, and it's unbelievable. Yeah, I think my daughter the other day was like. Uh, saying something, she was like, oh, 15. I was like, 15 what? Right? Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. It's like, you know, I can remember as a kid, the joke was, you know, which weighs more, a ton of feathers or a ton of yes. bowling balls, you know? Yes, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. We are nearing our end. So let's let's just wrap up a hot second with what are you doing next? I mean, you know. I mean, next, the book comes out at the beginning of the year. And so today we decided that this was our coming out party. Oh, nice. Yeah, so this is Mazel our first presentation. That's think. This is our first presentation about the material in the book That's to so anyone funny. in the world. Well, if somebody yeah. wants the book, we haven't even said that. If somebody wants the book, where do they find we, it? We will be sending you the links for all of that so you can be on the pre-order list. Oh, nice. But yeah. it's out in January. Is that what you just said? Beginning of the year. Beginning Sometime in the beginning of the year. Okay, yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Maybe on Amazon, maybe? Oh, for sure on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Excited. And, and will the cover be made out of mushrooms? <laughs> oh. We never considered that. I, we need to hire you as an advisor. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why I'm here for the big ideas. <laughs> we might need to build another factory for that. Yo, oh. I love that. <laughs> I don't hate that idea. That sounds kind of fun. All right. So you're here from California. Yep. You're here from Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. And how long do you get to stay? We're here till Saturday. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. All right. 40 minute ride for me. Longer for him. Well, and I'm heading back to South Carolina after this before I go back to California. All right. 
Right. Well, I'm I'm excited to see. this is this is like homecoming for you. I was just about to say yeah. we just come back home for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So, so you you won't be here for homecoming. I'm guessing since you were just here, but. While you're here, maybe you could sit by the pond or maybe just go park. Check. On the- I have already nice been by the done. pond, yeah. and I found the ducks. Check. Oh, See, check, sweet. check. That's right. do, you have, do you have like a little routine that when you come back, you think, oh, I've got to do this or I've got to see that or I've got to eat there? Uh, I don't think I come back frequently enough for a routine to have been established. I just, just want to keep, see everything. Yeah, I keep walking up and down that main path through campus. And seeing new things. And every, every lap, I see new things, Aww. new memories, so... Sweet. What? What? Um, if, if I know that Dr. Winger's sitting here and all, but um, what was your maybe one of your favorite classes that wasn't Dr. Winger? Of course, he was your favorite. But. Oh gosh, um, that is a tough one. There were so many good ones, but uh, is there one I, that kind I, of? I think it's probably Dr. Duffy's physics classes were probably some of the most fun classes. But uh, Dr. Lane's intro to material science uh, is why I ended up going to Berkeley for a PhD in material science. So so that was pretty influential. Yeah. All right, Eris, last Amazing. words. What do you miss the most? Who do you miss the most? Is it me? I, I, can we do the other than you? You obviously <laughs> the answer other, other than you. Other than me. No, I, I just miss the old campus, obviously, like, yeah. and just the environment in general. I mean, I'm in a school that I absolutely love, obviously, but it's 12,000 students. And there's something about this place, right? Again, um, I named my daughter Abingdon. Did you really? I did, absolutely. My wife and I got our marriage certificate at the courthouse. Uh, This is coming home for us. Sweet. Well, it is delightful to have you both here. It's exciting to hear what you're working on. And I can't wait to hear more, and I can't wait to see the book. So we pre-order. We will have the links. We'll have a little written thing on the website, and we'll have the links there for pre-ordering. Otherwise, we're just going to sit back and see what you two write together next. Excellent. I hope it's a graphic novel. Like a graphic novel about data. And units. And units. There we go. Monica, thank you. Thank you both so much. I want to thank everybody for being with us today. Kyle. Eris, thanks for being our guest today in the studio here on the Duck Pond Wall. Please stay tuned to WEHC for whatever's coming up next because this is, after all, the voice of Southwest Virginia.